0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Expect Better in Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Prosperity in Rochester, New York. Questions about real estate? Stay tuned for everything you never knew you needed to know. Have a better experience, get a better deal, expect better, and let us work for you. Hey, everybody, and thanks for listening to Expect Better in Real Estate. I am your host, as always, Justin Brosnan, and today we will be discussing... Building wealth in real estate, real exciting topic here. Today I got guests of Michael Benetti. He's a licensed real estate salesperson at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Prosperity and avid investor. I'm also joined by Blake Weber, owner of Weber Law. It's a real estate law firm, people, which we'll get in more to here as we go. Hey, guys, thanks so much for being here today.
1: We're glad to be here. Thanks for having us, Justin.
0: Thanks for having us. Absolutely. This is a really exciting topic because everybody wants to invest in real estate because that's where we can all make easy money, right? (laughs) But it's really not as easy as it appears on paper, and that's why I brought these two experts in here to really discuss what's going on. So, Mike, without further ado, what do you do in real estate? What have you done? And let's just get a little general overview of uh, your... What you've done here.
1: Okay. Uh, I've been uh, doing real estate uh, personally as a realtor for about five years, investing since 2001. And uh, I love helping people walk through the process of getting into it, uh, educating them as best I'm able, and just seeing the, uh, seeing the excitement as they get into uh, the opportunity of investing.
0: Absolutely. And that's a huge thing. Is The first thing we're going to want to talk about is how did you get into it because people think you can just jump into investing in real estate and they're gonna make all this money and everything's gonna be beautiful. It's right, not always right, the case.
1: Right, well you used the word, the operating word easy a little while ago and that you know, is uh, not necessarily the case. Uh, it can be at times, but it's definitely a challenge. My, the first house I ever bought was a two family. And so I automatically became a landlord through that process. And so it was kind of uh, feet to the fire, uh, didn't know what I was getting into head first and uh, learned a lot that way. Uh, certainly, uh, school of hard knocks, so to speak, uh, learned a lot of education that way about real estate and investing and being a landlord and what it means to deal with tenants.
0: So what is your personal strategy? If someone wants to get into real estate investing, there's a lot to do, but what would be your first step to explain to them?
1: Uh, well, don't be afraid. Uh, And just, you're going to have to at some point jump in, you know, and, and, but as far as getting going, uh, you got to have the desire for it. If it's not something you're interested in, I mean, it does take a right personality. I don't think it's right for everybody, uh, but I do think that uh, in the broad scale, big picture, investing in real estate, my opinion, should be a part of your long-term portfolio.
0: I always tell people, if you're going to invest in stock, there's a chance that stock fails, yep. and now you have nothing. Yeah. If the stock market crashes, you still have the land, and you still have some sort of value in the house, right. which is huge because when the stock crashes, you got nothing, and right. you're out. This at least gives you some sort of value. And I think the big thing people are going to want to know, and I know I'm curious to know as someone who's had a couple rentals myself, is what was your personal strategy to actually get into this? What made you say, hey, am I going to buy a single family? You jumped into a double. What, where are the pros and cons behind that?
1: Sure. Uh, well, with the double, as I said, it was uh, my home also. And so I took that, learned from it, and a few years later – it took me a few years to get into the mindset of saying, "Hey, this is you know sensible. It makes sense to do something else," and, uh, and I bought a four-family at that time, and uh, that was another wake-up call. And uh, you know, going from there, it's just been you know lesson after lesson. But there's so much to take away from it, and uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't push anybody away from trying to invest in real estate.
0: I think owning a double is huge. I think living on one side as a young investor yep. is a great way to learn if this is a long-term plan for you, because what better way to keep your eyes on your tenants than have them literally next door, below you? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a good way to learn if this is even a great business good, for you. Good and bad, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's always some bad behind it, too.
2: Well, one thing that could be nice about having your first investment be uh, your primary residence when it's a... 2 family, because frankly, you're gonna you're gonna go through the learning curves and some of the challenges, but at the same time, it's an easier transition in. And importantly, I find that when I speak to investors that are starting out, usually that's one of the main ways yeah. they they yeah. say, "Look, I can buy a little bit more house. I'm going to have supplemental income," and then they learn many of the challenges because sometimes 60 days into the new uh, venture, they realize they have to evict and all of a sudden what does this entail so one thing i say to all new investors whether they're at the stage where they're still reading online or they've got a book or they've got friends is you need to have a team so i usually say look you need to make sure you have a in your case you wouldn't need a real estate agent but most people let's find a real estate agent and an agent that focuses in this area let's make sure that we have an attorney that focuses in this area weber law last year 20 percent of our uh, real estate transactions were investor and also make sure that you have a good accountant. you want to have good pieces to the puzzle in, in addition to that you also want to have a good insurance company who's going to deal with transitioning from an owner occupy because most people with a double are going to eventually if they're really serious about investing is move out of the one side and turn it into strictly an investment property right. And. I find that one thing that's very important, and I'd like to know, Michael, if if this was your experience, that when you first dabble with it into the transition to the next one, you usually have more of a plan. Um, And I think that's very important because there's so many times you could look online, see an opportunity, and if it doesn't fit your business model, working with your real estate agent, your accountant, your attorney, your loan officer, if it's not in that model, being able to step back and not make a decision that's reactionary. What are your thoughts to that?
1: Uh, Well, there was a, in between uh, investment properties, there was a single family. So I bought my own home, did move out of the two family, and then purchased the other investment property. So there's definitely a transition. A lot of my strategy comes from learning you know, the experiences I had in the two family. So um, it, was, it wasn't it was bad. It was a, a good experience.
0: You should, in, to that point, you, a lot of people do have good experiences. Yeah. I also had a good experience. I mean, I screen, 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 screened my tenants and set myself up for success there, which I think is the most important part Absolutely. once you do invest and buy this first property is making sure you set yourself up for success with these tenants because the tenants that treat a home like a home, are going to make you feel that you can do this over and over and yes. over again. And it's not always the case. So your great first experience that you had may not be the same with someone else, which is why you need a good team on your side. Right. Right. And Without you-
1: a team, you're going to, I mean, it's that's a huge part of, of failure. I mean, it, it sets people up for, uh, encountering all sorts of situations Without a good attorney on your side. You don't have any, you know, anybody to turn to and ask the legal questions that are going to arise. Um, having a CPA that you can, you know, taxes are a big part of that. It's, uh, Doing your personal taxes at the end of the year, on an you know on an investment property versus just doing a W-2 is a different world.
0: It's a whole new world, and,
1: and <laughs> it's people need to be aware of that. So having someone who can know the ins and outs of that is really inter, uh, important part.
0: Get your ducks in a row yeah. is really the best starting place. Yeah. Talk to real estate agents. I'm a firm believer. Interview two or three. Some of us don't do investments out in this world, and we frankly, there's a lot of agents. I'm not as well versed as I am. I work with three, four investors. That's all I can handle. There's people out there that do this on a day to day basis yep. that know the ins and outs. And I had to learn it. If I just went up to Joe Schmo and said, hey, let's go buy an investment property, they may not know how to do it. And I think that's the part you do your homework in the front end so you don't run into all these mistakes later on.
1: Yes. And the reality is, that, you know, the market and strategies are changing all the time and, you know, rules are changing. And, you know, trying to stay up on top of it is important as well, so.
0: strategy's changing, but you also have your own personal beliefs. I mean, there's gonna be things sure. we talk about here in a few, you know, cap rates. How much do you wanna make per investment? Yep. What do you see as a good return on your investment? Those are important things for your personal strategy that we can't dictate for you. We, need, we can give you the numbers, we can tell you if they'll hit your strategy, and we can advise against certain things and this and that, but right. it really comes down to the person and having that all set up. Because if you come to us, comes to Blake, comes to you as an agent and says, hey, I got this plan. This is what I'd like to do. Now, we can actually critique it and give some pointers from our expertise, but everybody's plan will be different. And we can't force them to go one way or the other, nor should we, but we need to know what their goals are so we can help align ourselves to get them to their goals. There's a lot of money to be made in investing in real estate. I don't think anyone will deny that. But how you get there can either cripple you right at the beginning or set you up where you're meeting with these lovely accountants and saying i made all this money let's let, how, what do we got to do now yeah uh, that's huge uh, paying taxes
2: well you have to have a strategy and what i tell people when they first call is look we we need to have an accountant on board we we need to have all these pieces so at the end of the year you're not calling me saying hey i remember you mentioning maybe we should do an entity an llc as a pass-through entity however since i didn't do that um and i didn't talk to an accountant I now show up at like an h and r block with a big uh shoe box, and they're telling me i i need to do a number of things it's <laughs> it's much more important to have and I don't charge the clients that if if you guys when you send me a potential referral i i go through give them answers advice, and then in the event they find a property, that's when we would get compensated for that but i often speak with people initially simply so they can set themselves up for success and frankly if they're not thinking of the long term and having a plan because you yeah, have people that call i just want to make money in real estate i'm like wonderful right i do that but i have a very <laughs> specific way that i do that what's your plan well i don't know if i want to flip if i want to uh, rent i'm like well those are vastly different strategies and let's sit down and actually come up with what might work best for you
0: right do you want to get into the and this goes back to the personal strategy are you looking for a single family a multi-family are we looking for a commercial building are you looking industrial retail mixed use there's so many different forms of real estate out there and just to say i want to make money doesn't really help us help you and the best client is an educated client for us right and so you right. telling us what your goals are is going to set us there right and I, think I, a, I think a big thing we need to talk about there though networking right yeah networking's huge yep. because if you got the investor groups there's there's a lot of groups out there and I'm let you talk to that Mike i mean what do you see out there what do you think the best ways to go about networking and utilizing resources are?
1: well networking and, and research and learning go hand in hand <laughs> uh, you got enough uh, people around you especially in rochester we've got an incredible investors uh, network around here where you can reach out to someone and you know that the branches just go out uh, you know infinity you've got people that were happy to point you in the right direction to connect with whatever you want to talk about wholesaling, you want to talk about flipping, you want to talk about multi-singles, commercial, whatever it is, we've got everybody around in Rochester. So, you know, my expertise is not necessarily in the commercial or wholesaling, but you know, I can speak on it a little bit, but there's just, people are really, really good at a lot of those things in Rochester. So uh, networking, there's a uh, groups in Rochester. There's one, uh, I think it's FRIA, Freedom First Real Estate Investors Association. They do a meeting every month. Uh, I've been to a few of those. Uh, and they, you know, just, great bunch of people that get together and they talk about common interests
0: i've been to one of those meetings and i was i was amazed by how many people were willing to help yeah these are all people that are quote unquote competing against each yep. other to yep. build wealth and real estate but they were always there to answer any question i had as long as you had questions yeah you didn't just didn't show up and say oh i want to buy houses
1: right they right. don't
0: want to hear that but if you had specific questions about you know zombie properties how they dealt with this that the other they were so helpful i really appreciated everything they did over there and i was taken aback because you don't see that everywhere. I think Rochester is a great community because there is enough properties and there's enough people that realize there's enough for everybody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the support's incredible. Um, and networking, I would say, goes hand in hand with the, the research. I mean, so if you're gonna get started, networking would be one of the first things you wanna do. And the amount of uh, resources out online and books that you can you know there's libraries are still out there too so you can go get a book out at the library you know i'm sure there's a dummy book on on real estate uh but you know dig into google uh bigger pockets is a place that i frequent uh i would definitely recommend that to any investor who wants to get started it's a, a book that is endless with uh, and with answers and resources
0: remember when you're reading though we are a different market you know rochester is a very specific market we're not going to have the flips that you're making eighty to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars on average. Not saying it can't happen; it doesn't happen on the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also just have a very steady market where our prices don't usually fly 30, 40, fifty thousand higher. But we also don't get the historic kill when we get our economy. Rochester there is
1: one of the most stable markets, which is why it, it turns on so many investors. They they love it. We a lot of out of a country lot, investors got a lot here. Out of country, out of state investors. You probably we, see that we play. have.
2: Uh, we probably had 150 transactions last year where our clients were not in the United States. Um, I have a paralegal that focuses on those types of transactions because there can be some complexity that people are not aware of. and We actually have other law firms that reach out to us and say, hey, in this situation, what do you do? Um, and we're able to help because much like the investor community um, and the real estate community as in general, a lot of people are very willing to help each other out. I have times I reach out to other attorneys with questions. but. Rochester, Buffalo, and Syracuse in particular in the world are known as a good, safe investment. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge for um, investors that are international is having the right property managers. That's often the – crux of their success is either going to be because they have the right person or they end up having to sell everything but we have clients in australia in throughout europe um we, I mean I literally my phone will ring and it'll say uh, Kuwait unfortunately <laughs> it's no one calling saying I've won millions and they're a prince it's right, actually a right. client <laughs> calling
0: I think that's another huge segue there is let's talk about property management there are different strategies with that you can self-manage your own properties but yes. you better be pretty handy and be willing to answer those calls at 2 in the morning yeah. um, what are your strategy as far as beliefs on should you have a property manager is there
1: I did uh, self-manage for many Years and um, I wouldn't go back to it um, outside of future freeing myself up for time because it takes so much time, and uh, certainly that's a big part of investment you know, time and management of that. Uh, but uh, the property manager, as Blake touched on, is an intricate part of your team. If you're not going to uh, entertain that, at least if you don't have the time, you're also another area that's going to uh, cause you to stumble costs money, but it takes money to, to make money. And I think investing in a good property manager is uh, hugely important. And I do use one right now and I'll plug them. CF Property uh, Ventures. Awesome.
0: You have to have a good property manager. There's a lot of them out there that claim to do things. And frankly, they don't get done. Yep. And that's scary. And you know, specifically, I remember being my year one of real estate walking into a house um, and there was the guy came up to me and says, I haven't had hot water for three weeks. Mm-hmm Property manager won't answer my phone calls. The landlord lives in, he was in a foreign country. And you have to treat people like people too to be a successful landlord, in my opinion. Um, You you hear all the horror stories, how they ruined the house, they did this. But what did the landlord do to get it to that point? I, I inherently believe most people are good people still. And they will do the right things. But if you treat people inhumanely, they're going to act out inhumanely. And I think the property management's a huge thing. If you can't do the work yourself, don't do it. You don't know how to change a hot water tank have someone this is all the homework that you should be doing murphy's law says something's going to go wrong what can go wrong will go wrong you better have your everything in a row
2: it has to be part of your business plan i mean anytime you're doing a business there has to because it has to be treated like a business there's too many times that people treat this as i'm just going to do sweat equity and that's the only way i'm going to make money and that's fine to do if you have the skills to do that But frankly, you have to build in, even in that scenario, all of the cost because that's where you get people that get into it and then six, 12 months later, uh, they're selling the property at a loss because they didn't account for everything. I've had where we've counseled clients that, you know, the way this building is currently zoned, we have – concerns and their position is, no, I'm very confident that I'll be able to get it to work. And then six, 12 months later, they're selling and coincidentally, it's still zoned the exact same way as it was. Yeah. Comes back to team again,
0: (laughs) having the right people that are going to do a little bit of homework on things you're not an expert in. But the real reason we want to talk about this is income. Sure. And what particulars are you looking for when you're looking to invest in a property?
1: That's such a, that question has so many variables because it it depends on what people are comfortable comfortable with uh, you know some people are willing to take greater risks with their money some people are in a position to take greater risks with their money uh, and i think that knowing how you're you're going to approach something takes that research that we talked about first and the networking and kind of getting to know all right what have you been through what were your experiences uh so given the you know you, you rattled off the list of a variety of different options as far as investing um, Numbers uh, go with all those in the different, you know, different scenarios. But I think that trying to find what you're comfortable with goes hand in hand with the research and knowing what it looks like and what that potentially could do. And that's goes, you know, it's potential. It's not def- definite
0: to that. There's this thing that I'd, I'd love to hear more from you. It's, it's called the cap rate. Right. Sure. And that's usually what I use for people. What are you looking for to get back? And there's a lot of different things associated with that cap rate.
1: Sure, are you talking about me personally? What's yeah, you my, personally. I mean, I, let's use you as the I, example
0: here. You're the expert. Yeah. everybody will be different, but there is a there's a formula you're using.
1: I like ten percent. I think that's a good number. If I'm somewhere around there, I'm pretty happy. I mean, that's a that's a high number, um, but it goes. Uh, I mean, you know, it's kind of a textbook number, but it's still. A lot of folks will take more of a conservative approach, and you'll see that more with single families, and you'll see that more in higher end neighborhoods where the cap rate may be lower, but it's a stable, stable investment. Uh, higher, higher cap rates you're going to see certainly in a uh, higher risk uh, environment with uh, you know a multifamily that may not be in the best part of uh, town, things of that nature. So you're going to run a higher, higher you know cap rate. You know you get 16 percent but you also may end up with uh, 15 16% of your time spent uh, you know, taking more Excedrin or something like that. <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> a really interesting way to put it. Everyone's cap rate is going to be different. There's different things you definitely need to take into account. You know, you're going to be, well, you're fixing up the house before you may have renters in it. You're going to have fixed costs. You're going to have insurance. You're going to have taxes, guys. It's not just, hey, this is a number. There's going to be fixed costs every month, and you need to take those into account. You also take into account vacancy. Sure. It may not be full all the time, which is why I usually tell people doing the first one, a double might be the better route. Yeah. Because if you're renting one side, you're almost breaking even. You might be able to sustain that for a few months versus you got a house that you're trying to get 1500 a month for. And you just can't get it. And it's, it's a more specific type of person who's going to rent it. Right. Um, look at all your variables get back to your tenants. I think there's a lot of ways to make money in this. I mean, you're doing all right. You keep doing it with all your other endeavors you're into.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, the cap rate, speaking on that, not everybody know what that is exactly. It's, uh, uh, the net operating income divided by the purchase price. The net operating income is your annual total annual rents negating your fixed expenses, such as taxes, insurance, things like that. Not your, not your, uh mortgage uh, that would not be included in that. So, Net operating income income divided by your purchase price gives you your cap rate. So you can kind of get a good some rough, rough numbers off anything on the market or anybody you're talking with. So you have a good idea.
0: And lastly, with the wealth, what I want to talk to you about before we get over to Mr. Weber and why having an, a lawyer on your side that, that specifically deals in real estate is important. Absolutely. Is uh, let's talk about tax advantages of owning. Sure. Um, what are you seeing? What are you getting?
1: Uh, I would say that there's so many different. It's you know there's I refer to it as a tax shelter sometimes, but i mean there's there's um a lot of different angles um and the the ability to write things off that you're doing, you can uh flatten out kind of your uh income that you're bringing in, and you know that's for lack of a better term uh, so you're building the wealth in the sense of you have an asset, you're building equity, you've got cash flow coming. And all of those things are working towards, um, you know, future and building the wealth in, the, in that greater sense. So the taxes c- come into play annually, obviously. So having the CPA is important and then, um, there's just some important parts that you got to take into account annually. So, I mean, your miles, cell phone, anything that goes hand-in-hand in hand with investment, you can write that stuff off, which is huge benefit. You
0: don't need to be an expert in this, guys. Get a good CPA. We're yeah. more than happy to tell you about some out there. But there are some things. I mean, even getting into real estate, going from a W-2 to a 1099, you have to take in these things into account. It's huge, and right? I pay my account with a good chunk of money, but he saves me. A lot more money. And I'll, I'll give you a million dollars if I'm going to make two million tomorrow. It's all opportunity costs. So, having that CPA that can walk you through all those things, those were very generic things we just talked about. It gets what, way more in depth than that. And that's why you really need to have that good CPA on your side if you're trying to build wealth yeah, absolutely. in real estate. Absolutely. But another key component is having a lawyer. And I'm so thankful to have Blake Weber here today because nobody knows what you guys do. They really don't. They want, I mean, real estate. It's, agents don't necessarily sometimes banks don't know what you guys are really doing they want clear to close and they want to do it immediately
2: right it's funny um a large part of what we do is almost behind the curtain and when we're speaking to clients like a first time home buyer uh, many of them that are rather bright will say i don't even know what questions to ask and i will then say why don't i go through the process so that if i can edu- educate you for the process you may be in a position to ask very good questions. Um, And frankly, for everybody else in the industry, it's title. The, The whole concept of title is a little complex and it results in the clients not understanding it, the loan officers, the real estate agents, but it's because it's not their area. It's our license to practice and the majority of what we really do for a real estate transaction is protecting the client. If we're a buyer, if we're a seller, it's resolving title issues. And title encompasses uh, the deed, an abstract, and a survey. There's also some other related documents, but those are the three main components. And for the deed, it's taking the prior owner and setting up for the appropriate transfer of any interest of the property to the buyer or buyers, For the survey, it's having a licensed professional surveyor that's going through and utilizing the abstract, the deed, um, and other um, records that would be at the county clerk's office to actually make sure that we know what we're conveying. It's funny. People say, oh, I'm an investor. I don't care about the survey. I'm like, well, we do. Um, And the problem is, We don't have a document that has someone behind it saying exactly what it is you're buying because you get times that people buy a property through an auction or a foreclosure or a a hands-length transaction with someone they know pretty well and then not realize that there's what we construe as title issues, um, which is a very broad uh, you know, way of construing things, but frankly, there, there's so many issues that can arise in title, and then also the abstract, which is reviewed by the attorneys, the um, title insurance company, and the surveyor for figuring out the whole history of the property. At times, going back more than 100 years so for us it's academically intriguing but for the real estate agent the loan officer and for the client there's only so much detail we can give that's helpful because we have times where there's a title issue and everybody in the transaction goes ah so the lender's going you got to be kidding me we're cleared to close the real estate agents going what What's wrong? Why can't we close? My client's gonna be homeless in three days. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Absolutely, we need early possession. We need post possession um, related to this. But this really goes back to why you need a team. Why you need attorneys who work specifically in real estate. Unfortunately, there's a high malpractice rate for real estate law, and it's because so many different lawyers will dabble in it. Mm. They to keep busy will keep a few real estate transactions so their support staff is busy. But the problem with that is they usually don't have the systems that we have in place. At Weber Law, we we actually have a system called RamQuest that assists us from the day we set up the transaction all the way through post-closing so that we're able to do our job at a high level and do it consistently.
0: I think the consistency is the most important thing there. You speak, mm-hmm. we speak about using a real estate attorney. And I always love giving this example. If someone's going to be able to make a million dollars on a defense case and, or work on your file for five hundred, six hundred 500, $600, whatever the cost may be. I always ask my clients go, which one are you going to do? And not once has anyone ever said, oh, I'm going to go help the real estate client. No, they're all going to go make their million dollars. And that's three, four days that you don't hear from that individual. And that can cripple a deal. There are very specific deadlines, which is everyone's like, why, you, why do you have a lawyer on today and building, building wealth? Well, if we don't have a lawyer, we're not going to have the transaction. And it's actually going to detriment, be a detriment to our client because they're not going to get the house. Um, right. There's this lovely thing called attorney approval um, that we won't touch too great on, but it's essentially the attorneys are approving the contract. Mm-hmm. And how many times do you see this, Blake, that you're waiting for one, there's two days on it, and you still haven't seen it three, four days from the other side?
2: Unfortunately, you also have people that are solos and they'll go on vacation. When I started my practice six years ago, um, I was a solo, but right away I had another real estate attorney and another business attorney that I could refer work to so that I could actually go on vacation even though most vacations I brought my computer. (laughs) Um, But now we're at a point where we have a team of five attorneys and a dozen support staff that assist us, and there are times we have to reach out constantly asking, where where are we at with this? We're looking for the attorney approval. We're looking for the attorney approval. And it's one thing if the client hasn't been able to connect with their attorney, because sometimes the attorney approval takes three minutes. Um, from getting the contract it's issued, and that's usually an, an attorney, unfortunately, that's issuing without speaking to the client, which is an ethics issue. We can't issue our approvals without speaking with the client. So there are times there's a delay related to having the client and the attorney speak. But frankly, there's other times where, as you're suggesting, um, the person's on trial. If you have a, a criminal attorney, a divorce attorney, um, if he or she doesn't have the support at their firm to handle it we won't take on work we can't handle there are times that people earlier in my career would say i'd like to send you a 100 a pack meaning they're purchasing 100 um, individual properties, and I'd say, you know, I really appreciate that would be a a wonderful amount of work, but frankly, I years ago couldn't handle that. Nowadays, I can. We Mm -hmm. have people reach out and say, yeah, we're buying 60 properties, and I say, oh, good for you. Uh, We are able to handle that. I have sufficient staff to address that, but too many people are chasing after money as such. They're willing to say, oh, yep, I can handle that even though I'm going to be on vacation for three weeks.
0: We don't want to be professional babysitters, guys. That's <laughs> yes. why we need a good team around us. You shouldn't have to be calling them saying, where is it? They should already be proactive enough to let you know, hey, I haven't gotten a hold of them. You guys are great. You always send an email if you're having issues with this, that or the other, because deals die because of this. You're losing oh, yeah. your wealth. Um, I know we talked about an example where, where's the attorney approval? Three, four, five days later. Well, that deal isn't in contract. Right. right? I mean, they, they can kill it right there and then. I mean, are we going to, who knows? Depends on how hot the house is, this, that, and the other. That's a whole nother real estate thing. But there's timelines.
2: There's timelines that are very specific. <laughs> One's the attorney approval. If it's not done within the time period, there's within that clause of the contract, there's a trigger where you can actually send a notification to the other party and alert them that their attorney approval hasn't been issued, and it triggers another deadline for it to be deemed approved. I think, though we've probably done over 10,000 transactions in my last 15 years, I think there's been two or three times where we've had to issue that Mm -hmm. um it's usually us professional courtesy reaching out to the other side both the attorney and the other agent saying you know we haven't received this and many times it's oh someone missed the t in my email address as such i've never received the contract because we'll get attorney approvals and we'll look in our system and go we don't have this contract (laughs) we'll often then ask the attorney or they'll do the same say hey uh, Blake, we don't have this contract. Could you send it over? And I'll say yes. I'll have one of my team members send it.
0: And you guys are there to protect us. I and mean, the other big thing, we get through your title, we get through your abstract, all this stuff that we don't need to explain to the the people listening at home because it's it's intense. Yes. I don't even understand a tenth of it probably when it all comes down to it. That's why I have a good professional on my side to help me here. But the other big thing that you guys are there for is the pre-closing inspection. When we go in there, forty-eight hours, twenty-four to forty-eight hours before. And everyone was moving out, and there's holes in the walls, and there's this and there's that. This is where Blake comes in, and he's going to protect you. Or someone from his team is going to protect you from buying that house until we get some sort of resolution. Uh, We need those people on our side, guys, if we're trying to build wealth in real estate. That's their job. They're there to protect you. And Mm -hmm. we can't have you moving into this huge investment if you don't protect yourself. And that's where you guys come in, and that's what we love about.
2: Yes, and that's where we'll also review the totality of the transaction because we can refer back and go actually during the inspection uh... contingency this was raised as an issue so this is though it's being raised at the walkthrough this is something that clearly was identified not done and as such we might be in a stronger position to simply ask for a credit as opposed to escrow to be held so one thing that i pride myself with my team is that we really this is our main focus and we will break things down we just had a situation where our clients were protected because the other agent hadn't correctly uh, addressed the inspection uh, contingency. And as such, at the walkthrough, when there were huge issues, we actually had a strong legal argument that we could cancel the deal. Mm -hmm. And because of that leverage, we were able to actually prevail. The attorney on the other side, the agent on the other side missed it. Um, We didn't raise it until we absolutely needed to so oftentimes we're playing a game of poker and if you're uh, more experienced than those around you uh, you usually can play your hands a little better i think that's amazing and
0: that really comes back to why you have to have a good team on your side here guys we are getting short on time here today this has been an amazing conversation have you client people out there have you thought about investing in real estate do you want to speak to an expert do you want to start laying out a plan give us a shout Let's talk about it we're always here to help and honestly as you heard from blake and myself that first consultation we're probably just going to sit there and talk with you to set you up for success and if we can't do the job for you we're going to refer you to someone who can yeah well and i find think that's someone what's amazing about the people i'm here with today is we know our limitations and if we can't take on something we're not going to right. so once again guys i really want to thank mike benetti and i want to thank blake weber for being here today it's been a very intelligent very helpful conversation i think for people out there um do you guys have any other final words that you'd like to throw out there on this or tell people just get rocking and start talking and let's, let's make some money together?
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, don't get uh, analysis paralysis. Build a team, do research, and uh, pull the trigger.
2: Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is there's so much opportunity, and the people that have success are the people that have a team around them that are also successful. Mm-hmm.
0: That's perfect, guys, and we'll end on that note. Thank you guys for listening. As always, I'm Justin Brosnan and I'm keeping the real in real estate. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Expect Better in Real Estate with your host, Justin Brosnan. Do you have questions or want to just tell us how awesome we've done? Connect with us on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BHGRE Prosperity.